here's my question. Can can kombucha go bad? Like you've got one jar of it, one bottle of it in the refrigerator for like a couple days. Or does it like not go bad because it's fermented and it's just like wine? I don't know. I don't know the rules here. Because it already smells like it's gone bad. So I just don't know if I'm going to get the bubble guts or if it's going to help the bubble guts or what also the shelf life is of kombucha. I don't know. Whatever. It's called Brandy. She might. She might know the answers. ding a ling a ding Bing-bong-bong. Let's do it now. Time to start the show with Brandy. Hi. One second. Let me ask you this. Can kombucha go bad? Do you know? Do you know the shelf life of kombucha? I can't say that I do. I'm not a big kombucha guy. You're not a big kombucha guy? No, it's like bacteria or something. You right? don't like the booch? Nah, dog. I do not like it. Okay, first of all, <laughs> uh, petition to start calling kombucha the booch. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, it's funny you say that. Like, I got sent, I'm trying to think of who made it, but there's a company that makes, like, it's basically like a LaCroix, but with kombucha, and they call it booch pop. Oh, okay. Well, I didn't Yeah, maybe, come- maybe you'd love it. I do love booch, man. The booch is great. I just don't know if the booch is going to give me the poops because, well, because I went to Ralph's the other day. Like I love the booch. And so I bought like a big old bottle of the booch, not just like, not like one this size, but like a big bottle of booch. And I've had it for like, I've been, you know, just having like a, like a little glass every morning because I feel like it settles the tum tum. And I've had it for like two weeks and I'm like, is this booch fucking up the pooch? Like, I don't know what's happening here. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what? Why can't you just drink some like good old fashioned coffee if you need to do a number two? I do do. <laughs> coffee d- d- does make me do do. But I also feel like the booch. <laughs> I fucking love it. We're calling this. I, the, I feel like the booch is like doing good stuff for like, I don't know, the bacteria and the enzymes, and, like the good bacteria in my stomach. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Well, I think I think we need to get Booch Pop to freaking sponsor this podcast at this point. Also, by the way, like I love a good vodka soda. Like that's like my like, Wells, you deserve to have a drink at the end of the day uh-huh. around 3 p.m. And I've been putting some Booch in there because it gives it a little bit Ew. of – I know, but like – so Booch is already kind of like seltzery, right? Like it's bubbly. Yeah. That's why I don't like it. And it's got like – like this one is Cosmic Cranberry. And like I like a good – I like a dash of cranberry in my vodka soda, you know? That is just like the white girl drink and Wells Adams. It's your 3 p.m. go-to. It's because it's easy drinking. But then I've been throwing in some booch, and I feel like, first of all, it's adding a little bit of, like a little bit of zing to the drink, you know? And it's Mm -hmm. it's helping sell the stomach because there's alcohol in there. I don't know what the rules are, but... Also, by the way, if there's some wife tears out there, then if I'm not supposed to be adding booch to liquor, let me know. Because <laughs> I don't know the rules. Well, isn't, correct me, I could be very wrong. Like I said, I'm not a booch pro. But, like, isn't there something about it that's fermented like alcohol? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so it's, it's like basically alcohol. Yeah, someone sent us, like, booch that was alcohol. Yeah, see? So it's fine. All right, anyways. You're fine. But we didn't get to the bottom of... Is there a shelf life like expiration date oh. for the booch? Because I just don't know. Because at the end of the big booch bottle, there's like a lot of like sediment. So, yeah. 
And then like my, that but that's la- the stuff, right? That's the stuff. That's the boot. That's the boot. <laughs> I know. <laughs> but it was just a lot in that last drink and I had a sip of it and I was like, uh oh, this is not good. Also, by the way, I thought for sure I had the roan yesterday. For no, sure. No, why? Because my stomach didn't feel good. Here's what happened. I woke up, I made myself uh English muffin, a little bit of cream cheese. Okay. Mm. Threw on some smoked salmon. Oh, wow. Some sliced red onion, threw on some capers. And so I, mm. s- I sat down. Okay. That's like normal lox and cream cheese. All right. I just, I don't know. <laughs> you lost me at capers, but continue. All of our Jewish listeners out there are like, Brandy's dead to me now. <laughs> I sat down. I was having my morning booch. And, you know, in my third bite, I'm like, this salmon smells kind of funky. Oh, no. But I'm like, hey, listen, it's smoked salmon. First of all, fish smells bad anyways. And it's smoked, so surely it's cured. I'm going to be fine. And then I had to go run some errands and stuff. It's like 60 degrees here in Los Angeles. I had a jacket on. I had a beanie on because I hadn't done my – I hadn't taken a shower, so my hair was just all wild tumble. By the way, that's a throwback to one of the the grandpa reading an erotic novel. All of a sudden, I started sweating like crazy – I had the bub guts, all right? Ew! And I was like, so I was in the CVS getting some getting some birth control for Sarah. Oh, my God. And I get the bub guts, and I'm like, oh, my God. I got the Rhone, and I got a diarrhea in a CVS, which has got to be like, that's got to be ground zero for where fucking Rhone lives is in the for CVS sure. bathroom. I put a cork in it, and I was like, nope, not today, Satan. And I just got the hell out of there. <laughs> Long story short, like the whole day I felt off, I was like freaking out and I was like taking my temperature like every fucking five minutes. By the way, I never had a fever or anything. I just think that that salmon got me, you know? Oh, for sure. So I don't think I have the Or or is it expired booch? You know what? It might be the booch. (laughs) Oh, no, because I had some more of that booch this morning, but I had one sip and I was like, "Mm -mm." then I got some new booch. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. We should start the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We should. Uh, you or me? I think maybe it's me. Go for it. Bros and hoes coming at you live from an actual snow globe. You're listening to your favorite thing podcast with Wells and Brandy. By the way, we need a booch sponsor. We do need the booch pop sponsor. Well, it pains me that you're in California in 60 degrees wearing a freaking beanie. Because I when I tell you that I am living through an ice storm, that is not an exaggeration. I am looking out the window right now watching sleet and ice just pelt my windows. And this has been happening for days. I'm snowed in. I can't leave. My horses, all I've been doing is like carrying hot water to and from the house for the freaking horses so they have water. My driveway is a sheet of ice. Can't leave. I mean, I'm living off of mac and cheese boxes I Ugh. stocked up on in the beginning of the Roan. Like, it's it's brutal out here. You're like living in the movie Cold Mountain with Jude Law and Renee Seriously. Zellweger. Seriously. It's one of those things, like, this is miserable for sure. Like, it's miserably cold outside. This is tough. But also, it's kind of like you're living in a movie. It's kind of like we're living in like an end of the world movie. Mm-hmm. It's kind of fun. 
<laughs> you're like losing. all this problem solving like how do we get hot water from point a to point b yeah. and it's like how do we work smarter and not harder yeah. it's kind of fun do you have a snowmobile i freaking wish but let me tell you what we have a kawasaki side by side and it is coming in so clutch. It's the only way I can get from my house to the barn and uh, my house to Miley's house, which is like, you know, I think I've told you guys before, like we live where we can basically drive through our backyards to each other. Mm-hmm. And I even went and raided her pantry. <laughs> That's how desperate I am for food and water. She got anything good over there? <laughs> Not really that good. She's got gluten-free pasta, which I snagged. Oh, but let me tell you what she does have. Yeah. A new favorite thing. Okay. So my sister is really specific about she likes to drink water out of glass bottles. You know, she's like zero plastic in her house, that kind of thing. And so she's always gotten this Mountain Valley spring water. Have you ever seen it? It's in the green Green, bottles. yeah. Yeah. So that's her thing. And so I've had that before. I found in her garage these bottles of Mountain Valley sparkling water, which you guys know I'm not usually a fan of the sparkling. But this one is blackberry pomegranate flavored. Ooh. Oh my God. LaCroix, what? This is so much better than LaCroix. This is the best thing I've ever tasted that's sparkling. Like the best. You guys got to try it. You know what it reminds me of? Do you remember Clearly Canadians? No. They might still exist, but Clearly Canadian was like in the 90s soda water with a hint of raspberry razzmatazz or whatever. And it was delicious. We got it at Costco and I love Clearly Canadians. And then it just went away. And then I feel like then LaCroix took over. So, well, I'm telling y'all, if you can find this blackberry pomegranate Mountain Valley sparkling water, it's so flavorful. It's just so yummy. It tastes so pure. I'm obsessed with it. Thank you, Miley's Garage. All right. We need we have two new beverage sponsors that we're shouting out to. All right. I wish. <laughs> I would even settle for like free Mountain Valley for life. No, don't my... don't settle. <laughs> Are we talking batch? First, can we talk about your shirt? <laughs> it's it's yeah, it's a Sarah and Wells with the heart around it. Someone sent this and <laughs> By the way, so last night was Valentine's Day. I know this is going to come out in a couple of days, but like last night was Valentine's Day. And so I cooked salmon and, oh, crab cakes. Mm, so good. Also on a bed of wilted spinach. And then um, all done by, by the way, in the air fryer, except for the wilted spinach. I did all that in the air fryer. And I got to say, listen, air fryers, oh, they're okay. But like they're for people that are just like lazy at cooking because it really does just dry shit out. Let's be fair. But the same was pretty good. And I'll tell you what, I really did enjoy the, um, I enjoyed both of them. I don't know why I'm complaining. I'm just saying like, it took like no time to do in the air fryer. But anyways, we had like this like kind of romantic meal and, uh, and we were going to get dressed up. Like she had like bought a gown and I was going to put on, you know, a suit and whatnot. Come 5.30, I was having the bub guts and I was like, I don't know. I was like, I just want to be in comfies. And someone sent these to us. So we wore like these like heart Sarah and Wells sweaties and had a romantic uh, dinner. And by the way, I love it. by the way, favorite thing, I love winning gift offs. I saw on her Instagram. Mm hmm. I saw Louboutin. I went Louboutin, and I really like these shoes. They look like Cinderella slippers. Uh-huh, they do. Yeah. They're uh, good. Yeah. What, what did she get you? So we have a sauna. I'm a big sauna guy. Big uh-huh. love to sweat, all right? Love the booch. 
Love the vodka sods. Love the sweat. If you could describe me in just one sentence, it would be oh. <laughs> booch, vod, sauna. <laughs> Disgusting. When we weren't able to go to the gym and use the sauna, we went and bought one. That was my birthday gift, actually. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I know it sounds bougie, and it is, but the clear light sauna is not that crazy expensive, and it's the greatest investment other than the bidet that I own. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. I sit in that thing every single day and I absolutely love it. And I feel like a million bucks afterwards. Totally not a fucking ad, but like also Clear Light Sauna. Hook it up. Uh, actually, no, uh-huh. we don't need any. We already bought it, but she did I buy it. I need one. You I need, need one. one. Yeah, you need one. I like lay down in it and just like lay on my back and just sweat like a hooker in church. And she bought me this kind of ergonomic lumbar supporting situation that goes in there. And then also like, there's like an aromatherapy add-on thing. So, you know, get that aroma, peppermint. A little eucalyptus Yeah, got to get the eucalypti. She got me that. And then uh, we went and visited Big Sur a couple months back and I bought a giant sequoia tree, like a redwood tree. And I tried to plant it and I killed it immediately. So she bought me another one of those. So hopefully I will not kill it immediately again. But dude, Louboutin for the win. You slayed it. You slayed it. All right, guys, airport anxiety, it's a real thing. Between constantly checking my pockets for my ID or forgetting the gate number, even though I just looked at my boarding pass, I'm stressed. But here's the thing. If you travel with base, your bag has the function and the fashion to keep you calm, carefree, and looking good. Sarah and I have been using base luggage for years, long before they even started sponsoring this show. Truly, I have a bunch of base luggage and I love it all. My absolute favorite piece, though, is the convertible weekender bag. I have it in three colors because I literally take it everywhere. And the best part is the bottom compartment unzips completely if you get the convertible bag because sometimes I don't need that extra space. So I just take the top part. But other times, you know, like I refuse to check a bag. So that really helps me out. So you guys got to check it out. Every piece made by Bays is made to look better with miles. So you don't have to worry about it in cargo or overhead. And Bays has over over 30,000 five-star reviews. Whether you're packing for a quick trip or looking to breeze through the security line, Bays has your personal items covered. And right now, Bays is offering our listeners out there 15% off your first purchase by visiting basetravel.com slash YFT. Go to basetravel.com slash YFT for 15% off your first purchase. That's Base B-E-I-S, travel.com slash YFT. Well, speaking of love, Brandi, yes, we got to talk batch, bro. Is it just me or did we go from like a billion girls to like six? I guess. Is it just me or does like no one really like him though? Is that the vibe you're getting? I'm getting the vibe that the women that are left, I don't really see a strong relationship forming with any of them. Yeah. And you know who really shocked me this week was Serena P. And I loved her. And I still like her, don't get me wrong. But like up until this last, this past week, like I really was like, oh, she really likes him. They have a great connection. Like she's so cute. Like they can be so great together. And now all of a sudden, all of a sudden, she doesn't seem like she's really in it. After watching the episode, I'm like, he should have kept Heather around. 
She seems like she'd be into it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Like, I love Serena, but I I do feel like she's like a wasted hometown spot at this point. Because after everything, like, she's like, yeah, (laughs) I kind of like you a little, you know? And it's like, well, we're at hometowns. Like, you should be way further than this. I think that the producers, they're not, like, actively being like, she doesn't like you. But they definitely are putting her in situations for him to have a realization of, I don't think she likes me. No. Doing that tantric yoga thing when she was like, I don't, that's a hard pass for me next time. And like, I was uh-huh. uncomfortable. It's like, wait, what? I'm so, I'm so sorry. But what, what are you talking about? She seemed so boring to me. I was like, yeah. you, th- this is hilarious. Like, this is fun. Unless you're like super religious and this like, is like against what you believe in. But if that's the case, like, what are you doing on this show? <laughs> that's like kind of known I... for this kind of antics. Yeah. It was a weird thing. Cause like, when they showed the date, I thought like, oh, she's actually kind of killing the yoga thing. Like they actually were doing a good job. Yeah, and, like, she was good at yoga. Yeah, she was good at it. And like they were cute. And, like it looked like they were having fun. And and like for me, I think I could, if I were Matt, like I could absolutely be okay with her saying like, you know what? Like that's not something I would probably want to do again, but glad we did it. Like, you know, moving on kind of thing. But she went like it for me, it was like it was very transparent that she's just like not that deep into this with him. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she's just not very sure. And she made like a weird comment, too, at one point. Well, I think when he told Heather to leave, she was like, oh, this is the most attracted to him, to him I've been so far. And it's yeah. like, wait, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> like to be this far along, she should be head over heels, I think, you know, Tell you the moment. When he was like, you didn't like it. You didn't have fun during the date. What didn't you like? And then she like mm-hmm. rattled off like a million reasons why she doesn't want to be intimate with him, basically. And then she was I like, know. what did you like? He did crisscross up applesauce, crisscross up, mm-hmm. crisscross, criss, crisscross applesauce. And like faced her and she's like, oh, we're doing it again. And he was like, yeah. no, I just like looking into your eyes and like having a moment. And it was at that moment where I was like, you need to cut ties right yeah. now, bro. I know. Right now. Get out of here. But he did. I know. It's pot committed, but he should have been like, hold on, let me get on the phone and get Heather back over here. Cause yeah. I also think that Heather's like super religious. And I do believe that Matt is oh, like really? very, like his faith is an important thing. And I was like, man, uh-huh. should have kept that crazy bird around. <laughs> and I kind of like that. She's so tall and he's so tall. Yeah. Like they actually kind of looked great together. Who were the two that got cut in the rose ceremony? Chelsea and Piper. Like, 100% he should have kept Piper and not Serena. I don't know. But Piper was being such a little whiny chick when Heather came and, like, interrupted. And then... She was. And then I was but just she's like, also, like, really into Matt. I like, know. fully in. You know, he dealt with the Heather thing, which you have to do. If someone comes there, you know, what is he going to do? It'd be like, no, you can't. I can't talk to you. You know, it's not going to happen. And then afterwards, he's like, can we keep talking? And she was like, I guess. Was just so pouty McButterpants. Dude. Relax. I think you're right. Like the one that he did, that really does like, he was like, see you later. Yeah. I've said for a few weeks now that Piper is very emotional and I don't know how that's going to pan out for her, but I think a little bit of that might be her age. Like I have to remember how young they are, but at the end of the day, you want someone there that's like head over heels in love with you and sure. And Piper was sure. I just think she was a better keep than, than, uh, Serena P. Also like Kit. Oh. <laughs> Kit. Oh, that's Kit. a whole nother freaking can of worms, Kit. Kit, I love you, Kit. But like, <laughs> hey, there are some things that I'm just not willing to budge on. And one of those is not get married anytime soon. You realize 
Because you're on a show that literally's entire end goal is to get engaged and then married. That's like going on Jeopardy and being like, hey, Alec, uh, here's the deal. I'm not really into answering questions, uh, so just want to be completely transparent with you, you know? But the crazy thing is she said all that, and then Matt was like, yeah, yeah, I'm good with that. What? Yeah. You are? <laughs> what? <laughs> like, he should have been like, oh, that's clearly not what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a wife and to start, a, like, a, a life with someone, so... I guess this is goodbye. Like, that was his time. I feel like there was a behind the scenes with Kit talking to producers being like, what am I supposed to fucking do now? I keep telling I him I don't want to be here, and he keeps <laughs> letting me stay here. Yeah, agreed. <laughs> and they're finally like, you know what? You just have to go in there and just break up with him. I think you just have to yeah. do that. She was like, fine, let's go. But uh, let's hurry this thing up. I got midterm finals coming up soon. Uh, yeah, it was it was funny. I always, in the back of my mind, I'm like, Okay, whoever wins this thing or ends up at the end or whatever it is, is going to be somebody that's had decent airtime the whole season or most of the season, you would think. Yeah. But it's like they haven't really shown hardly anything of Michelle since her one-on-one -on -one date. Yeah. I mean, I guess I guess Rachel is getting the most airtime, which makes me think it's probably going to be her at the end. And then Serena obviously is not happening because she's not into it. And then who else is there? I don't even know. Oh, Brie. And same thing with Brie. It's like her one-on-one -on -one was so early in the show. And since that, they just haven't really shown much of her. Aside from her last night being like, oh, yeah, I quit my job for you. But we have, I just, we have, haven't really seen much else of the relationship. So I'm like, how could, how could Brie or Michelle be winning this thing when they're not showing them? And here's the thing. All this stuff is coming out about Rachel and her family and like bad pictures mm. Mm -hmm. Kind of nervous about this uh, hometown with with her parents. Preview, and of course, I hate like the way they cut previews is always not at all how it actually is. Yeah. But the preview of her hometown like looks like it doesn't go very well, which yeah. could be completely untrue. They could just be doing that to keep us hooked. But yeah, I don't know that her hometown's gonna go great. But I do think right now she's the front runner. So I don't know for sure. Bring Heather back. That's all I got. I know. That's that's it. That's what? my answer for it. I do think it would have really made for great TV for her, him to have kept her and let her stay. Which, by the way, those girls are all mean girls. You got rid of Victoria and MJ and Anna, who were mean girls. And then, like, the second there is some chum in the water, all those sharks start fucking circling around. You know, it's like, where's Katie? I need Katie to come in here and be like, stop being bitches. <laughs> yeah, I know. Love Katie. Heather walking in with a fucking wedding dress was just oh my the God. best. <laughs> Insane. She looks great, though. I kind of love Heather, but she's made every bad decision <laughs> so far. <laughs> oh, I, my favorite thing about her departure was that instead of letting her get into a black SUV like everyone else, they had her mini her minivan like pulled up. Here's your whip. <laughs> and she had to get into the minivan and drive away, and it was everything. Had to tip the valet. <laughs> and we got to talk about this Chris Harrison backlash, right? Do you have a take on it? Did you watch the interview that he did with Rachel? I did not watch the whole interview. I saw a clip of it on Instagram. I did get as far as to see the photo of Rachel that they were talking about. Yeah. Um, at the party. So like, I feel like I'm like informed enough over kind of like what's 
going on. It seems to me like the big upset here on Rachel's side was just her silence for so long. And for me, I didn't realize that this was even happening until a few days ago. And I think like, I guess when the ET interview aired, but apparently that photo surfaced weeks ago, right? And she's been silent for a while. So I just didn't know that. I had no idea. And so I do think like the longer you're silent on something like that, I think the harder it is to say something, anything about it. But I get, but there there was speculation, like, was her contract preventing her from speaking out about it? Or like, I don't know if that played into it at all. It's very possible. And I think people need to keep things like that in mind. But at the end of the day, I do think if she was able to speak sooner, it probably would have been better for her. I read her response when she finally did put it out. And I really liked what she said. Like, I thought she did a really good job with her response. Because it's a tough thing to own up to something that happened years ago. Especially in your, she's 20 something, right? Yeah, gotta be. In your, in your 20s, like you just change so much every single year and you evolve and you learn so much in your 20s. And so I think it's probably, it's tough to like look back at yourself that however many years ago that was as a, as your younger self, when you were just, you were naive about things and you weren't educated about things and to like put yourself back in that place and own up to something that you did in, when you were younger, like I think that was hard, and I think she did a really good job of acknowledging that what she did was hurtful and not right, and apologizing. And that takes a lot of vulnerability and a lot of like putting your pride aside, right, to own up to something and just say sorry. And I think that she did a really great job about doing that. My take on it is, I assumed it was going to be dealt with on the show. Ah, that was my take on it that she wasn't speaking because it's obviously a topic either on an. A, men tell all or women tell all or after Mm -hmm. the rose or something it's a part of the fabric of the thing and so everyone wants someone to say wants her to say something and in my mind i'm wondering are they like don't say anything because you're gonna say something on a stage sure you know Mm -hmm. and that's when you get to speak your mind and that was my initial thought and when it comes to the whole chris and rachel interview hey listen what he said was wrong and you gotta own up to that i think Mm -hmm. we've all got to learn what Rachel did in 2018 was wrong, and she needs to mm-hmm. own that. Like, has anyone heard from the, you know, like the school or the sorority or fraternity, whoever threw the party? Like, has anyone heard from them and like what they have to say? And like, are these parties still going on? Have they learned? I assume it's going to be a big part of the show. Like, that's that was my thought on, it, and that's where I'll leave it. Yeah, it's inevitably going to be a large part of the show now that Chris has stepped down. Right. I mean, that's massively going to affect the show. So, yeah. All right. Is that enough uh, bachelor stuff? I think so. You got some fave things, bro, or no, bro? bro. Yeah. I do. I do. What do you got? So I finished. I've watched a few things. I'll start. Okay. So I finished Firefly Lane. Mm-hmm. I'm assuming you haven't watched any no, of it. I'm not going to watch yeah. it. Either. Yeah. Figured. <laughs> figured. Um, it's cute. It's. It's, it is what I suspected when I talked about it last week. Like, listen, there's not some like massive storyline and massive conflict and like plot twit or anything like that. Like it truly is a series about two best friends that grew up together and are now best friends in their adult life and just kind of like the ups and downs and arcs of their lives together. So it's cute. I mean, for us, it's a chick watch for sure. Like if you're a girl, you're probably going to like it and you'll probably be able to relate to it a lot. Um, and I do think the cool part is they do so much where like flashback to when they're kids growing up in like the seventies 
and then fast forward to their adult lives, you know, now. Um, so it's cool to see like the differences in culture then and then and now and the fashion choices then like just all of that was is super cool to see and they did a really good job with that uh and they did leave it they left it like hanging enough like it's not like some massive cliffhanger but they leave it hanging enough that they're probably absolutely gonna have a season two which is cool um you do you do fall in love with the characters i mean uh katherine heigl's amazing and uh gosh i forget the girl's name that plays the other best friend but she's phenomenal as well um great acting just great great storytelling so if you're into the storytelling shows you should check out firefly lane Okay. Have you watched the Britney Spears documentary? Finished it last night. Wow. So good. And also... I wanted it to be longer. I know. I was hoping it was going to be like a five-episode series. Me too. Here's my initial thought on it. If you're like sly <laughs> enough to make that money, then you should get to lose it however you want to. I, I feel like those... Those... um, What's it called? C conservationist? That That's someone that like likes the forest, right? Um conservation no the thing the thing that she's like that she is not in control of her money what is that called the conservatorship the conserve not a conservationist do a conservatorship yeah conservatorship that's for like old people who like have dementia and don't know what they're doing and they're giving twenty thousand dollar checks to like cats and stuff you know totally. yes. or like people like dirty john people who are like just getting conned because they are think they're in love with some con man you know yeah. But if you're signing like $30 million Vegas deals, you got it together enough to make it. You should have it together enough to fucking give it to whoever you want. That's my thought on it. Absolutely. I just don't understand. Like, I don't know how any judge is like, yeah, the dad should be in control. This dad didn't do shit. No. Dad not dancing. Dad not singing. No, I know. And I wonder, like, why is her mom not fighting this more? Yeah. Or is she? And they just didn't talk about it. I, I mean, I find that, I would find that hard to believe. Like, if her, if her mom was fighting this more, I think they would have probably shown that. But I, I don't know for sure. But as close as her mom is to her, you would just think that she would have fought this more along the way. And I think the thing I took, so this was, this was really interesting for me to watch, not only because I grew up in the time of Britney Spears, right? I mean, that album was one of the first CDs that I bought and owned and whatnot. Um, but it was also really interesting for me to watch this from the perspective of also watching my sister go through a lot of the same shit when it comes to the paparazzi. Um, and I was even part of that uh, for a long time, you know, living out in LA and for before Miley had a driver's license, like I was the one driving her. So I was the one battling the paparazzi and how scary that can be when you've got 30 grown men driving at you aggressively, surrounding your car, not letting you even walk into the store you're going into with cameras in your face and flashes going off and they're screaming at you. It's absolutely terrifying. It's absolutely terrifying. And I know it firsthand. And so for me to watch this, it was just such a, a clear picture that like the press and media have the such a huge power to destroy people. And that is so freaking sad to me. And it's funny. Um, I was talking to a friend last night about it and somehow we also got on the topic of the whole Richard Jewell thing, right? With the manhunt series, same thing, the press and the media destroyed that man's life. And it's just so insane that the press and media have that kind of power in this country. Like, but it's like, I understand like press it, you know, it's like a right. I get, I, and I, and I get that and I don't disagree with that at all, but it's like, 
the people that are controlling it are just so corrupt that they're destroying people's lives. And I've always been really just confused about how it's legal in the state of California to sit outside someone's house like that. That's stalking. That's what that is. And in the state of California, that's absolutely allowed. And I think that is insane. And I don't think it's changed. Like, I think it's still like that. Like, that's, you know, the the paparazzi, like, it's still a thing now. It's not, I don't think it's as bad as it was then. Maybe it is for some people. I don't know. It's definitely died down for Miley, but it's just, it's wild to me that that's even allowed. Oh, yeah. There's Pap outside right now, by the way. Yeah. We have someone that's just one, though. I mean, I'm telling you, like, we would look outside our door and there would be 30 cars lined down our street yeah. just waiting for Miley to leave the house. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's just crazy. I love that one photographer who was like, she never said that she didn't want me around. And I then know. they found the clip of her being like, no, she literally said, he said, yeah, not, yeah, but not like just today, not like every day. And it's like, no, no, every day. Yeah. The huge mistake that was made with her, like if you ever see, you know, um, Taylor Swift or even your, probably your sister or like the Beckhams, they have crazy security on them, like so much security. And my girl, Brittany's like going to the come and go at like three in the morning to pick up SIGs like by yourself. It's like you need, first of all, you need to not be going on that run. Like you need to have like your assistant be doing that. And also you need some mm-hmm. security with you like to push these people back. But, but I, you know what? And to be honest with you, when Miley was younger, we didn't have it either. Yeah. And a lot of that, especially I think at such a young age is like, you don't want to feel surrounded by people that you don't really know. And you don't, you don't want to go out and it be this big scene and you have all these people around you. Like, I, I mean, I'm just, I feel like I'm speaking on her behalf a little bit, but I, I mean, my, my guess is that at a young age, Miley just wanted to feel like a normal girl, you know, and yeah. she wanted to feel like one of her friends that could just go out and go shopping and go get her nails done and without having it to be this big thing and having all these people around, like, that's just not a good feeling. And, and I don't know what it was about like the nineties and the two thousands where we like, we just all thought it was okay to go out without security, you know, like that, that was very common. And I don't know. It is just so crazy. Like, and I know I'm biased because it's my sister, but I, I mean, Miley should have been able to go out and get her nails done without a swarm of grown men watching her through the window the entire time videoing it. Like that's just messed up. Yeah. And obviously like this is all, these are all things that Brittany went through as well. And it's just so sad to watch. It really is so sad. And I hope that this, this documentary and talking about this problem more about the paparazzi and the press and everything, make some, make, make changes happen where they just put in some freaking laws that prevent people from being able to do this to to people. Like, I just think it's insane. Well, if you could take out the benefit of being a paparazzi, you know, if you made it illegal to buy pictures of people, Mm -hmm. because that's why they do it. They're doing it for money. If you couldn't get paid so much, if a picture, a candid picture of Miley, you know, walking on the street got you $10, no one would do it. Mm-hmm. And I don't even know how it works, but my thing is this. If it's a picture of you, you should own that because that's your likeness, you know? Mm-hmm. If I did a radio ad, I should be paid for that because that's my voice, mm-hmm. right? That's what's yeah. selling the product is my voice and my me being behind it. And if you have a magazine that's selling because my picture's on the front of it, then I should be the one making money for that because the reason why people are buying it is because it's my picture, not somebody else's. And I'm not a lawyer, but it seems to me that 
you should be able to sue not only the photographer, but, you know, in style or Us Weekly mm -hmm. or whoever, because you're like, you're making money off of my likeness. That's yeah. me, not you. You know, this, this country is just, we're all fame whores. <laughs> I know. It's very weird. <laughs> in the age of Instagram, I think that the whole paparazzi photo thing has died down a bit. Yeah. Just because photos of celebrities are so much more accessible via Instagram and social media, right? Like you, you see that candid content and whatever that before you could only see that from buying a magazine at the grocery store. And I don't know now, like, do people still buy tabloid magazines? I don't know. I mean, obviously I don't, but I just don't know if it's quite as big of a thing. So maybe in the age of like Instagram and social media, those freaking you know, magazines will die out. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> See you later. My last thought is, is if she has to have a conservatorship, a conservationist, uh, whatever. <laughs> conservatorship. The person that should be in charge of it is that sweet as fucking molasses personal assistant. What's her name? Yeah. Love Felicia. Felicia. Oh, just mm -hmm. yeah. give her all the money. She should be in charge of the money. <laughs> yeah. Agreed. She's great. But if you haven't seen the Britney documentary, you need to go watch it. It's insane. Absolutely. Yeah. Must watch. Yeah. I really can't wait. Like, you know, at the, at the very end, Felicia says, like, I hope one day Britney tells her own story. Yeah. You know, like, God, I, I also really hope at some point Britney's able to come forward and tell her story because I would it would just be fascinating. Yeah. I tried to watch Messiah. Yeah. I didn't grasp me. Oh, my God. It didn't grasp me. I there's a lot of subtitles and that's hard for me. Yeah. Um, but I'm I'm like three episodes in, but I, like it's tough for me to push through. Let me ask you this: You think he is actually the son of God, or do you think that he is a con artist? I mean, my gut says he's a con artist. Yeah. Yeah. Keep watching the end. The ending is is interesting, and I do want to okay. hear your thoughts on okay. it. All right, I'm gonna try. I watched Wandavision finally. Oh. I've heard it's terrible. I would say incorrect. Oh, okay, great. So I it, love Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, so it's Elizabeth Olsen and then Paul Bettany, whose vision, it's, it's they're from the Marvel franchise, right? And yeah. here's the tag. Blends the style of classic sitcoms with MCU, in which Wanda and Vision, two superpowered beings living their ideal suburban lives, begin to suspect that everything is not as it seems. WandaVision. So I think that this was advertised really, really poorly. Okay. It's like Wanda and Vision are on like the set of I Love Lucy. It's like really old school sitcom and it's confusing because they're superheroes but they're playing these sitcom people. And you're just like, what the fuck is this? And that's all you see like in the trailer or how it was advertised. But here's like my selling on it. They do become self-aware of what's happening. And then it becomes an outside looking in situation of like, why is this happening? Who's doing this? Why aren't they just being normal Marvel Avengers right now? Why are they stuck in the 40s filming this television show? And when that becomes 
understood, the show becomes really fucking cool. Okay. But I will say this. It takes a couple episodes to get to that point where you're like, oh, whoa. Okay, much cooler now that I understand this. But I will say one of my favorite things about it is they've done a really good job of depicting how television sitcoms were portrayed over the decades. Like at first it starts like in the 50s, like total I Love Lucy stuff, right? Or like um, Bewitched. And then it turns into like 70s, which like very much like Brady Bunch shit. And then it turns in 80s stuff, Growing Pains and the Hogan family. And then it turns in, when it, when it goes into the 90s and that like the intro is like Malcolm in the Middle, you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. That shit is really, really cool. Catherine Hahn, who's was like on SNL and who's like been on everything, is so freaking funny in it, so great in it. And once you get to the end of the third episode, beginning of the fourth, you're completely hooked in. Really? Okay. Yeah. yeah for sure. All right. And it's Disney Plus, right? Yeah. But it's like weekly. So like we caught up and now we're like, we need more one. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you know who Brene Brown is? No. What? Seriously? Brene Brown? Brene Brown. No, who's that? She's an author and a public speaker. You never heard of her? No. Wow. Earth shattering. Um, she's like massively popular. And I've re- I've read one of her books before. Um, but I've never like I've I've never watched her. I, I and maybe this Netflix thing is like the first thing she's ever put out. I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But I've never actually like listened to her talk publicly or anything. And so I didn't realize like she's very comedic and very funny. Like when she, when she gives speeches and stuff, which I just didn't know that about her. Um, so I watched, she's got a Netflix documentary out called the call to courage. And I guess it was like loosely spun off of her Ted talk. I guess she did a Ted talk on vulnerability and it just like blew up and went completely viral. And I guess that's how she got this Netflix deal and and why she did this specific documentary, um, on courage specifically. And if you're into, I hate the term self-help because I I just don't like that term, but if you're into like any kind of like self-improvement, if you like listening to motivational speakers, that kind of thing, highly recommend watching this Netflix documentary. It really, it is about courage and vulnerability and kind of like what bringing those things into your life more look like. And I don't know, but she's also just, she's very endearing. She tells a lot of personal stories. She's very funny. It is a really great watch. They call it a documentary, but it's basically just, they filmed her public speaking somewhere, right? Like it's just one of her events is what it seems like. So highly recommend if you're into that thing. It was very inspirational. And if you watch this and like it, I I would recommend looking up some of her books and maybe next week I'll pick a couple of my favorites of hers to share because she really is fantastic cool i got a couple things i got tell me have you heard of diamond art club no okay diamond art club so you know like what paint by numbers is yeah okay so it's kind of like that but instead of using paint there's like these little diamond jewels and then you have this little pencil that can kind of pick up each jewel and then you have to go put the jewel kind of where it says on like the paint by numbers thing okay Someone sent it to Sarah and I, and I was like, I don't, is this for kids? Like, I don't know. So Sarah and I started doing it, like, together. Like, it's kind of like a little puzzle thing. And yeah. I don't know what it is about my brain, but I became fucking addicted. <gasps> You're basically, like, bedazzling puzzles? Yes. And, like, you're painting a picture. And, like, it becomes so—I have never smoked crack, but I can only assume 
that this is the feeling you get when you smoke crack. Because I was just like, I can't stop. Like, I just kept for hours. Not Sarah come out and she's like, she was like gone, like worked out, watched like three movies, like made a sandwich. She came out. She's like, you're still fucking doing this? And I'm like, I can't stop. Like, pull it away. Like, like we need to have an that intervention because Diamond Art Club, I've become completely obsessed with. And I don't know if it's like my ADD because I'm ADD. Like, I don't know if it's like this structure and like this repetitive motion and like I don't know what it is about it but like I love it anyways Diamond Art Club also they should be a sponsor of the podcast but like really really good like I like if you have stress need to like get away and like turn off and like stop watching the news and stop looking at social media Diamond Art Club is where it's at bro so is it for kids I actually think it's for adults like I think it's like oh okay I think it's for everyone but I think like the stress relieving factors of it are for adults Okay. Then I have a not-so-favorite thing. Oh, okay. And I feel bad doing this because we're supposed to be about all po- about positivity. And it's got to be a cautionary tale. It's got to be, I got to, it's, it's forewarning. Okay? Okay. Okay. Because the cast looks great. It's confusing. But have you heard of Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar? No. It's Kristen Wiig, who actually plays Ooh. two characters, and Jamie Dornan from like, you know, yeah. The Sex Dungeon movie, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, like, a lot of really funny people. Wendy from the Goldbergs and from, like, Reno 911 and Vanessa Bayer from SNL mm-hmm. and Fortune Famester from Stand Up and just, like, a lot of really funny people. There's a Wayan in, a Wayan, a Wayan in it. I don't know what... Is it Damon Wayan? There is a Wayan. Is it Wayan? Mm-hmm. Am I saying that weird? I have no idea. Wayan? Anyways. The tag is lifelong friends Barb and Star embark on the adventure of a lifetime when they decide to leave their small Midwestern town for the first time ever. It's got kind of like an Anchorman vibe to it where it's like stylized and really, really stupid, silly. But I got to say, it's real bad and don't watch it. Or if really? you Or if you love Kristen Wiig, watch it and then come back to me and tell me why it's great because I just didn't, I didn't love it. Yikes. All right. Where did you watch it on? We bought it. Oh, wow. We bought it last night. Sarah really wanted to watch it. And then my last thing is a fuck you very much, but not to a comment someone left. To a comment someone left? Not to a comment that someone left. It's to the lady that flipped me off and yelled at me yesterday. Oh, no. Yeah. We're bringing back. This is why you're alone. Okay. So I'm driving (laughs) down... Wit set in Studio City. This is unless you live in Studio City, this is, make no sense to you. But whatever. I'm driving down Wit set, going towards Ventura. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm getting close to Ventura, which is a big street in Studio City. And what's funny is that Studio City has a has the L.A. River, which is really just a fucking aqueduct that is like always empty. There's like no water in it. Always. Okay. It's all concrete. So I'm driving down the street. All right. I got fucking bub guts because Ew. the booch might have done some things to my tom tom okay but mm-hmm. that's neither here nor there so i'm going on witset going towards ventura and i'm going over the bridge i'm on the bridge that's going over the la river I'm doing air quotes right there and these two women are walking their dog on the bridge okay they are not at the crosswalk at ventura okay Okay. They're on the bridge. So I'm like a hundred, I'm like 200 yards from Ventura or the crosswalk. They're on the bridge with their dogs. I'm going towards Ventura. They're on the left side. They're on the oncoming traffic 
road mm -hmm. and they start coming across the street. Now I can figure out due to both our velocities that no matter what, I'm not going to hit this person. Okay. They're still going to be in the middle of the oncoming traffic, but I'm driving past them and they've got their dogs in a leash. And by the way, they're on a bridge right now. They are not on a crosswalk. And the girl flips me off and she goes, Hey, fuck you. We got dogs here. Now your boys got bubble guts because the booch or from salmon. We're not really sure. I roll down my window and I say, I'm not the one jaywalking right now. You are. I'm abiding by the law. You know, what about the dogs, motherfucker? What about the dogs? You shouldn't be jaywalking on Winset. And if you wanted to walk across the street in a safe manner, bitch, go to Ventura, click the button, wait for it to say walk across, and everything's fine. Also, if you want to fucking jaywalk, go for it. I do it all the time right there, actually, because I take my dog on that run. And I go and I run along the river. And then at that point, you have to go across the street to get back down to like the little river walk. I do it all the time. But guess what? Your boy doesn't flip people off and say, fuck you, I got dogs here. Because guess what? The people that are driving the cars are doing the thing that they're supposed to be doing. That's what you're stopping them on the street for you. Fuck you, lady. This is why you're alone. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Am I in the wrong here? No. <laughs> oh, it's just so theatrical. It's so good. I know, but like, <laughs> like I totally get by being like, oh, dude, come on, slow down. You know, like we got the dogs here. I get it. But to be like, hey, fuck you. That to me is like, yeah. what are you talking about? <laughs> like you're obviously breaking the law and I, somehow I'm at fault. Um, oh, that's good. You got, you got any music? Sure do. My dearest young Nikki Champagne oh, has a new song out called Dear August. Mm. Haven't we played this song? No, it just came out. It's in collaboration with a guy named PJ Harding that she's been working on a lot of music with. Classic, emo, noe, super good. She I just love the direction she's going. Uh, she really likes songs with months of the year. Doesn't she have a song called July? Yep. One of my favorite songs she's written. Dear August, please don't let me fall. Cause I don't know where this road is headed anymore. Fading, now the summer heat is fading. I spend every evening praying for the dawn. Save me, looking for someone to save me. Give me everything you gave me, but yours gone. So I take all of my, all of my, all of my wasted love and turn it into wine, into wine, into wine. Into I like that one. I love that she's like leaning into this. It's not, not that it's country at all but it just has that like it's americana americana like influence underneath of it you know what i mean it's such a mature sound you know for such a young little noah yeah anytime you got like folk driven with commando in there oh you're yeah. going right down the americana highway sir <laughs> ma'am so 
you know, I'm a big Marin Morris fan. Um, she has a song out with her husband, Ryan Hurd. He is an artist, but he's also just a really talented songwriter. And I think this is the first song they've put out together, but I'm, I'm not entirely sure. But anyway, I love that they're a couple and put this song out. It's called Chasing After You. Every time, every time you say we're done, you come back to the love you were running from. I could quit you, but it feels too good. If I could turn it off, you know I would. But something passing makes me think we could make it after all. But I know, yeah, I know it's a matter of time till you walk, till you walk back out of my life. She's so short and he's so tall, and mm-hmm. I feel that, guys. I live that Ooh. life. I know about it. They're cute. I got one, but it's not new, but like I was running to it and I'd never listened to the lyrics before. And once I listened to the lyrics, I was like, this song's so fucking smart. Okay. So it's Josh Ritter, who I've played a lot and I'm like obsessed with. The song's called Getting Ready to Get Down. I just I always just heard it as like, oh, it's sounds like going to a dance or something, getting ready to get down. But really what it's about. And I think a lot of people, especially in this country with this very, very Christian country, there's people who, you know, grow up in these like super Christian families and then don't really identify so much with the faith. And they, there's something like wrong with them. They get like sent away like Bible school and stuff. And they're supposed to like change their ways, conform. It's written from the perspective of the person who's being sent away to Bible camp and like not really conforming. And he's just a really good songwriter. And I just love this song. So anyways, here's okay really long preamble, but whatever. Mama got a look at you and got a little worried. Papa got a look at you and got a little worried. The pastor got a look and said, y'all are better hurry. Send her off to a little Bible college in Missouri. And now you come back saying you know a little bit about every little thing they ever hoped you'd never figure out. Eve ate the apple because the apple was sweet. Kind of God would ever keep a girl from getting what she needs. And I'm getting ready to get down. Getting ready to get down. Getting ready to get down. Now people cross the street when you walk in their direction. Talk between the teeth. Throwing epithets and the doctor thinks the devil must have got you by your senses But to live the way you please doesn't sound like possession It's four long years studying the Bible Infidels, Jezebel, Salomas and Delilahs Back off the bus in your own hometown Say you didn't like but then you probably won't like me now But I'm getting ready to get down Anyways, there's just a lot of like really good nuggets of lyricism in there. Like uh, Eve ate the apple because the apple was sweeter. What kind of God would try to keep a girl from getting what she needs? It's like it's like a lot of like really good stuff. You're just like, fuck, that's such a good line. And I never even I only ever heard like getting ready to get down. It's just like that, you know. Anyways, Josh Ritter's a a genius. So that's what I got for you. Anything else? You guys. Wells is coming on Sorry We're Stoned tomorrow, which is really exciting. Yeah. So if you want more Wells, you should make sure and listen to tomorrow's episode of Sorry <laughs> I We're Stoned. Used, I used all my good episode on this show. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, you better recharge and come back in a few hours with some good shit. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm sure you and Tish will have a ball. Yeah. Got to go get stoned now. Yeah. Okay. Not to end the episode on like a downer. Yeah. But I kind of have to this week. Okay. Um, 
Okay, guys, I'm I'm just gonna be honest. Like this is really hard for me to come out and say, but I feel like I I don't know. I've always thought of myself as a very open person, and I've been very open with all of you guys about my relationship with Rye, um, and you all have been such an important part of our journey, just especially with, um, COVID separating us. Everyone was so supportive. And so I feel like I owe it to you guys to be open and honest now. And I've been getting a lot of messages of people that have realized that he's been missing in action and just not on my Instagram as much for the past couple of weeks. And it took me some time to be ready to talk about it. But, um, he did go back to South Africa he went back a little over a week ago, and um, it started as a visa thing. He, he did only have so many days to be here since he's not a U.S. citizen, um, but he did choose to go back earlier than his visa deadline, I guess you'd say. Um, and we're not broken up, but we are just going through a lot and dealing with some things, and um, it's really hard and it's been really sad for him to leave. Um, sorry, I'm, I've been very emotional about it, especially just, I think with Valentine's day yesterday and it's just been a hard week, but, um, we're working through things. And when I know more of like where we stand and what's going on, I'll, I will fill you guys in more, but I just, I've gotten so many messages for messages from you guys asking where he is that I, I just wanted to be open and honest about he's gone back and that's where we're at. And, um, and I'll let you guys know more when I'm ready to talk more, if that's okay. <laughs> I'm sorry, Brandy. That sucks. Thanks, Wells. I know. Ugh. Relationships are hard. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and if it's meant to be, then things will work out. Um, yeah. But just be strong and virtual hug from myself and I assume from everyone from the YFT world. Thanks, guys. I love y'all. <laughs> Love you, Wells. I love you too. All right, let's let's get the hell out of here. Let's go. Okay, let's see go, you in a few hours. Yeah, let's go get down. <laughs> love you, Brandy. Love you. This podcast has been brought to you by Podcast Nation.